The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. Hello, my friends, and welcome to another exciting episode of Negotiate Anything. This show is produced by the American Negotiation Institute, and with over 5 million downloads and listeners in over 180 countries, listeners just like you have made this the number one negotiation podcast in the world. Hi, my name is Kwame Christian, and I am the founder and CEO of the American Negotiation Institute. Here at ANI, we believe that the best things in life are on the other side of difficult conversations, and we are passionate about providing you with the best content that will help you to make your difficult conversations easier, both at work and at home. Lastly, I want to remind you that we offer consulting and conduct trainings, both virtually and in person, all around the world. Our focus is in three main areas. First, negotiation and conflict resolution. Second, leadership. And lastly, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Check the link in the description below to learn more about how we could work with you and your team. And now, without further ado, let's jump into the interview. Jordan, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So how about we get started by telling the audience a little bit about yourself and what you do? Sure. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a regional president for Fifth Third Bank. In that role, I'm responsible for our commercial, retail, mortgage, and our uh, private bank customers uh, throughout the regions that I serve. The regions include Central Ohio, Southern Ohio, West Virginia, and Eastern Kentucky. Very nice. And how long have you been in this role? I've been in this role now about eight years. Nice, nice. So that, I'm assuming that means you like it. <laughs> yeah, I do like it. It's, it's, it's a great opportunity for um, for me, and it's a great opportunity for me to get to know the region, to get to help my customers, and get to learn more and just be more relevant in the community, So, which is the part I really enjoy. Nice. And, and what steps do professionally did you take to get here? Was this always your cho- your first choice? Uh, well, not exactly. And I didn't know when I first got into banking, I didn't know exactly where my career was going. Um, you know, I thought I, at one time I thought I wanted to be an accountant. Uh, and then later I got the opportunity to, um, after college and after the military work for an organization, as a, a department of the U.S. Treasury called the Comptroller of the Currency. That that organization is responsible for regulating the banking system, the national banking system. And I got that um, through a colleague of mine that I went to college with, and uh, he introduced me to that opportunity, and I, I got into it, and I loved it. And so many years later, I'm at this position. So in your role now as, as president, um, what are your, your main responsibilities? Yeah, the, the two primary things that I focus on and spend most of my time outside of community activity obviously is business development. So our business development is focused on middle market commercial clients. By middle market, I mean companies that have revenue between 20 and $500 million. So that's the core focus. Uh, the other core focus is really on our high net worth customers. So our high net worth customers are served by our wealth and asset management division. That includes our private bank. That customer um, typically has a million dollars of investable assets. And so that's the customer we go after to be part of our private bank. Many of those customers 
are owners of some of the businesses uh, or executives of some of the businesses that we bank. So those are the two primary areas that I'm uh, focused, um, I'd say, 90% of my time on. When you go about into the community and try to build these relationships, what types of strategies do you use? Well, um, uh, I think um, over the years, uh, obviously banking is very competitive, so we're not the only ones who serve these clients. And uh, Columbus has a rich history of banking, and so all the regions I serve has a rich history of banking and a lot of bank competitors. Uh, and then we have non-bank competitors as well. So uh, the strategy that we most often utilize is, is trying to approach a customer with how, do, how can we add value uh, to their business? So how can we uh, find ways to enhance their business? How can we find ways to help them grow their business? How can we find ways to uh, improve the cash flow in their business versus, hey, I can make you a loan or I can take your deposits? Uh, So that strategy does not work because anybody can take loans and almost any bank can take loans, make loans, and, and uh, take deposits. So you've got to you've got to differentiate yourself in a different way. And um, one of the ways we do that is obviously by getting to know our clients and our prospects, and then trying to ask enough questions to to find out what they need. You know, where where are the shortfalls? Where are the challenges? What is keeping them up? Uh, and then uh, to see if we can find solutions that um, that can help them. Uh, like I say, grow their business. And Jordan, I wanted to go a bit deeper on this this point of uh, asking questions. Um, how do you typically prepare for these conversations? Do you do you uh, prepare systematically, or is it just kind of a, a feel thing at this point? Well, no, we we have a very systematic approach to how we prepare. Uh, so one. If I'm going to go out and meet with you, I first want to understand what business you're in. You know, where where are you starting from? Uh, I want to understand your industry. I want to understand your competition. I want to understand your supply chain. And potentially um, anything else that I can uncover about your business. Um, If if you're, like I said, if you're a middle market business and you have 20 to $500 million in revenue, I'm going to have my capital markets group give me a summary of your business. So if you're in media, if you're in um, uh, manufacturing, if you're in engineering, whatever the specifics of your business are, I'm going to get data about that, and I'm going to study that data. From that data, I'm going to try to understand how you fit within that market so that I can get specific about asking you questions about things that are relevant to you and not just general questions. So that's, that's typically how we prepare. We do a lot of pre-call planning before we go meet with a prospect. We want to certainly take industry information to the prospect. We want to ask insightful questions. Um, and we want to, we want to see if there's something um, that sparks uh, interest from that prospect. Is there something that they're missing, something they're not doing well? Uh, something that their current financial provider is not giving them. And so that's how we're going to approach that business. Hmm. That makes sense? Absolutely. And and you mentioned something about uh, pre-call planning. What does that look like? Yeah, so uh, pre-call planning is going to be, I've got a prospect. Say they're a, a restaurant owner, and they maybe have multiple restaurants. 
And so what I want to know is, uh, you know, where are the restaurants are located? What are their growth plans for those restaurants? Um, but where do they fit in that whole scheme? You know, they fast casual. Are they, uh, are they a high-end uh, restaurant? Um, you know, what's their strategy around uh, improving their client experience? And so, and, and then I'm going to probably take, I'm going to try to, so in doing the pre-call planning, this is me and my team brainstorming, what would be the kinds of questions that we would want to ask this client um, about their business that would offer maybe some pain points that they might be having? Uh, maybe, uh, maybe there's some things that they haven't thought of. Uh, maybe they're buying certain types of goods in quantity, maybe it's milk, maybe it's uh, maybe it's cheese or something like that, a, a commodity that they're buying in large bulks that we might be able to help them lock in those prices, something that they may not have thought about. So rather than I can finance your business, I can give you a working line of capital, or if you're planning to make building a building, I can help you finance. I'm going to try to find a large expenditure of theirs and see how in tune they might be to that to see if there's a way that we could help them uh, lower the cost of that expenditure. Uh, that, that might be the goal of a pre-call plan. It may be, um, a goal might be, if we've already got a customer and we are, they're already in our book of business and we're trying to go deeper, uh, what, what's the next step? What, what's their, um, what things are they doing with their employees to help them grow their employee base to make their employees more loyal? I've got a number of different services that I can help them with to educate uh, their their employees to be uh, better financial stewards of their money so that they're um, in better shape so they, they're working for the company and not stealing the company's time by solving their financial issues at work. So there are a number of things. It might be their 401k. Uh, it might be, um, I, I might be offering membership services to their employees to help them bank. We've got a number of classes that we can help improve their credit, help them improve their ability to, for home ownership or help uh, make them better employees, basically. There are benefits to the company that are pretty much free uh, for both the employers and the, co- and, and the company. So I'm going to dig. So we're going to find the areas that we can dig into, and then we're going to try to have a, have a real robust conversation about that. The other thing about the pre-call plan is that we're going to decide then who goes on the call. So we don't want to take the whole clown car out. We're just going to meet with the CFO or the CEO of the company. We don't need to take 10 people out there from from the Fifth Third Bank. We're we're going to decide who's going to call and who's going to lead the conversation. And then we want to understand, um, we want to have a goal for the call. So what's the goal for the call? And that way we can evaluate the call afterwards and say, do we meet our goal? What are the next steps? So we've got a point of reference. Does your company invest in professional development training? If you believe that your team would benefit from a negotiation workshop, all you need to do is go to our website, fill out the workshop request form, and then we'll set up a time to chat. These workshops are completely customizable and we've done them all around the country. Negotiation and conflict resolution skills are beneficial across all professions, but they're especially useful in procurement, purchasing, sales, sourcing, and contract management. Our calendar is filling up quickly, and we even have some workshops scheduled for next year. If you think you might want one, I'd suggest reaching out soon so you don't miss out. Check out the link in the description to learn more. And now, back to the show. 
The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days, all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise. A promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. A promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by HubSpot. More to-dos, less time, and so many tools to keep track of. Doing business can be hard, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You just need HubSpot. Their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, higher quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. And in these calls, um, let's say it's one of the first times you're chatting with somebody, um, a potential uh, client. Are you trying to land them and close a deal immediately, or are you still in the relationship building stage? Uh, yeah, normally um, when you get the opportunity to make that first call, you've really got to demonstrate some value. It's very unlikely that you're going to gain a commitment uh, from a customer, I mean, primarily because I haven't seen their financial statements. Right. I, 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 I might know their business and I might understand their business, but I haven't seen their financials. I don't know where their cash flow issues. I don't know where their pain points are. Uh, I don't know what the terms of their current bank has for them. So I don't know even if I, if, if they would even fit the box of customers that I want. I know that the industry they like, I'll probably check that. I, I probably know their name. I probably check some references around that. Uh, I don't know. I want to deal with credible people. Um, but typically those first calls are very important because you need to go out and you have to have a value statement. You need to be able to run and demonstrate that you've got some expertise and that you can help them. So you need to be able to convince them pretty quickly that you've got expertise and you've got tools to help them. Otherwise, why would they even want to have a call with you? So once you've demonstrated that, uh, then you can go out and find out more information about the company. You can ask for permission to dig deeper, to ask more questions. Uh, and you know if those conversations go smoothly, then then you typically get permission to get to the next step. Ultimately, the goal is to um, get the financial statements, take a look, and then um, and then and then at, at some point in time, maybe you get to proposal stage that you're going to propose uh, something for this particular customer um, that hopefully that improves their business. Right. Hey, I like what you said there because we we need permission in order to get deeper in these relationships. And I think a lot of times people make the mistake early on in the relationship of trying to close too early. And I think the, uh, the analogy of um, a relationship, a dating relationship is pretty apt in this situation. If you, if you go on a date with somebody and, and first date, you ask them to marry you. <laughs> that's, quite, <laughs> that's a bit much. And so it's really important to understand the micro negotiations within the big overall negotiation, because in that first conversation, you're not trying to close them on the big deal. Totally. Um, what you're trying to do that a successful negotiation in this realm would be a next call. Like you said, permission, and that's where we're getting at. Absolutely, and this is um, most of these calls that we make in both the on the high net worth space, uh, the both in asset management space as well as in the middle market banking space, 
a long-term uh, proposition. They don't happen overnight. I mean, every now and then you find somebody that's got a big need right away, and, and uh, you might have work start working towards a solution. They might give you permission to work on something, but that's rare. Uh, normally, it's a it's a series of dates and uh, a series of back and forth questions, them getting to know you and your capabilities, and you getting to know them and their needs, and then understanding their needs. And before you even start trying to pitch solutions, I mean, so you don't want to go and 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 just uncover something and then offer a solution. Oh, I got the perfect product for you. You know, I mean, our, our business and our job really is, I want to be that. Ultimately, when I get a relationship, I want to be that first call. I want that client, that prospect, that to think about me uh, when they have any kind of financial-related need. Uh, they might be thinking about selling the business. They might be thinking about monetizing their asset, taking a dividend out, doing ESOP with their employees, or or uh, even buying a new building, whatever they're thinking about. I want them to think, boy, that George Miller, he's a good guy. I think I can call him about this. He, he seemed to have a good grasp on our company and what we're trying to do. So I think he's somebody that I would trust to handle our transaction. So, And you said you go into these uh, some of these bigger meetings with a team um, beforehand. I'm talking even weeks, months beforehand. Um, what types of what type of training do you do with them to help them prepare to navigate these difficult conversations? Yeah. So um, uh, the first of all, the um, very first thing is you know they're, they're they're bankers. They're from our industry, so they've had extensive training. Most of our folks have had extensive training in, in either wealth and asset management areas, or they've had extensive training in credit if they're a relationship manager for a commercial. Uh, they've had extensive training in cash management and treasury services that we offer. So they've got all the basic kind of training around the types of services that we can offer and what can move the needle with the client. Uh, the thing that we focus on a lot and the things that we've had to focus on are the, uh, the soft skills, the relationship building skills, how to have the conversation skills, how to ask probing questions, how to uh, uh, gain that permission to get into a client and to ask deeper questions, that high, what we call high gain questions, questions that, that get the customer or the prospect talking, uh, open-ended questions that, that the customer might reply something like, gee, I haven't thought about that. Well, that's a very interesting question. So when, you, when you've asked the customer a question or a prospect a question and they come back with, oh, nobody's asked me that before. I really haven't really thought about that. Let me think. And, and probing questions to get them to think, to get them to offer their insights, um, because it's really about them. It's not so much about us. We're, we're just trying to uncover those hidden needs, and we can't do that by making assumptions, we need to hear from them what's on their mind, uh, what their challenges are, what's happening in their business, what are the things that are keeping them up versus uh, I got a product or I got a solution for that. So we don't even go to product, solution, any of that until we gain a full understanding of what the client is experiencing. And, and a lot of times we hear things are working well and things are great. And in those cases, it's just permission, but can we keep talking to you? You know, maybe we can check in again in three or four months. Uh, maybe it's uh, maybe I'll invite them to an event or something to keep that relationship going. Huh? Because everybody doesn't not everybody doesn't wake up every morning contrary to what we bankers think and think about oh gee I need to go find a new bank <laughs> you know, and wait for me to call them. So that's just not the case. So um, 
that 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 whole training that we use is um, is geared toward conversations. It's is geared toward uh, finding pain points. It's geared towards overcoming objections that the customers might have. It's geared toward gaining permission to get to the next step. It's geared toward finding out about um, about the customer's business, and it's geared toward getting them to do the talking. So right. that and we do a, a number of different types of training around that. This is brilliant. And what's what's really interesting about what you did not say is that it's not geared toward proving your point or letting them know that you are right. <laughs> it's it's focused exactly. more on curiosity. And I know that's really difficult sometimes, especially for analytical people. People in the uh, financial services industry are analytical when it comes to numbers. And for me, and with my background in, in law, we're really analytical when it comes to the law and policy and trying to figure out who's right and who's wrong. And so with people with that highly analytical background, sometimes it's difficult to make that transition to utilize the soft skills because in your industry, it might be, this is math. <laughs> I'm right. Why don't you see this? Um, but that's yeah. really not what it takes to build relationships and get that permission. Uh, you need to focus on the people and their needs. Yeah, no, that's absolutely right. So most of our you know, after they're a proven banker and they've got all the kind of right kind of skills, credit, analytical skills, and can dissect uh, customer cash flows and dissect customer balance sheets and understand all the EBITDA and all the multiples and understand the industry that the that that the prospect is focused on, then it's really uh, it really then becomes uh, how do you probe to get the right information, right? And 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 listen enough. And re- refrain, which is sometimes very hard to do, of saying, "Oh, I got a, I got a solution for that. Oh, that's a problem here. Have you tried this? You know." And you really have to hold back from from offering too much advice too early on because you haven't really uncovered the full issues that the client's facing. Right. And it might take a series of conversations to get that out of them. Absolutely. And let's say hypothetically, even if you are right. <laughs> and you make you you are right in that situation with a solution you you didn't have permission to give it at that at that point that's right yeah you don't have permission to give it and in a lot of cases it may be something that they already know uh, and again sometimes sometimes when you're too quick to give a solution they'll just go right back to their bank that they're currently banking with and say hey I was talking to the fifth third bank and they said they can do this and the bank goes, oh well, we can do that too <laughs> yeah. That happens a lot. So you have to be, you know, you're not, you want to, you want to add value to conversations and relationships, but at the same time, you don't want to give them all of your, uh, you don't want to give them all of the the solutions uh, before you get to know them and really understand them and, and understand them in what context they might need to uh, put those solutions to work. Before we finish up this episode, I have a few questions for you. Does your job do professional development training? Are you looking for a workshop for your next conference? Does your profession require effective communication or dispute resolution? If so, a negotiation training seminar might be what you need. I've had the opportunity to do these trainings around the country, and I'd love to swing by your neck of the woods. 
Our customized negotiation seminars are as fun as they are informative. You'll not only discover the keys to negotiation and persuasion, you'll also have the opportunity to practice these skills in a safe environment with a negotiation simulation. And at the end of the seminar, you'll be able to communicate confidently, resolve disputes effectively, and get what you want out of your next negotiation. And as an added bonus, if you let us know far enough in advance, we can get these trainings certified for continuing education credits. Feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn or shoot me an email to learn more. Now let's get back to the show. Before you go, uh, before we end up this part of the interview, um, I wanted to ask you if you could challenge our audience to do one thing in the very next week to become a better negotiator, what would it be? I would say that the one thing that I would do if I wanted to be a better negotiator would be to understand the other position. I already know my position. I know what I can do. I understand the the value I can I can bring. I understand my company standpoint. I understand our credit environment and culture and all those good things. But what I want to do is I want to understand the other side. I want to understand the issues they're facing. What's their frame of mind? What their references? Where are they coming from? Why do they? What got them to the point where they probably think that way? Uh, if they're in a certain sector of industry. Um, you know, let's, let's not fool ourselves. Most industries, including banks, have many of the same philosophies. Uh, so, and that's true for if you're a retailer or if you're an engineering firm or if you're an accounting firm or any kind of professional services firm, uh, there are ways that people go to market on ways to think. So I want to understand that so I can have that edge and I can you know, anticipate what they might say. I'm still going to listen. I'm still going to hear them. I still want to hear them talk, but I want to, I want to get that out of them. And I want to be the guy that, that understands their position uh, from their point of view. Uh, so that I've got a framework of reference from how I would respond to that from my point of view. Uh, so that um, <clears throat> I can, I can hopefully by, by doing that, I can bridge the gap between the differences that we might face and the differences in our approach and the differences in, uh, where we're coming from, because the closer I can get uh, to that prospect uh, that I'm negotiating something with, the closer that I can get and the closer that we can start that that relationship with, the, the faster I can get to a solution. You know, if we're too far apart because I didn't understand what they might come with, then it's going to take longer to narrow that gap. So I'm going to get close to having something where I think they might have a point of compromise, and then we can work from that framework. That's fantastic. This is perfect. Well, thank thank you so much for joining the show. We really appreciate it. Hey, well, thank you, Kwame. I appreciate you having me on. And um, hey, I look forward to continuing our relationship and, uh, and, and seeing you continue your success. I appreciate it. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you're finding this information helpful, please remember to leave a review and subscribe. Our goal is to teach this to as many people as possible. And every time you leave a review, it makes it easier for people to find us in the search engines. With your support and listenership, we've grown to the point where we are now the number one ranked negotiation podcast, and we have listeners in 140 different countries. We appreciate your continued support, and please continue to reach out to me on LinkedIn. Remember, everybody who connects with me gets a personal message from me eventually. It takes time because uh, more and more people have been reaching out, but I want to hear from you, and we actually get to chat. So continue to reach out. Thanks again for listening. I'll catch you in the next one.